2: Hey, everyone, you're listening to Main Menu for the 29th of March, 2019. This is your co-host, Jason Castingway. Talk about March Madness. It's been a big month in the world of technology with the CSUN Conference, Apple Event News, and so much more. This week, your Main Menu team starts the show with the Unity Project. Learn how you can get audio-described information about America's national parks via the Unity Description app for iOS and Android. Then we talk with Mike Dois and Aliyah Dudley of iAccessibility about the 2019 CSUN conference and the recent news from Apple. No one loses in this March Madness, so don't worry about those brackets. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Main Menu, where we have quite a panel with us this evening. We have Jeff Bishop.
3: Hello, everyone.
2: And Larry Turnbull. Hello. Paul Henrikson.
3: Hey, everyone.
2: Michael Doeis. Hello. And we have Aaliyah. Hello. And we have Brett Opgaard. Is that the pronunciation? That's correct?
4: That works. Aloha, everyone.
2: All right. Larry, I'm going to hand it to you because you know a little bit more about what's coming. We're going to speak with Brett first, correct?
5: Yes. Thank you. As you know, my name is Larry Turnbull, and I'm here with Brett Opgaard who is the lead uh, team person on a project that ACB has been partnering with for quite a while now, and it is called the Unidescription Project. And what this is, is there's an app for your Android or iOS device that lets you enjoy audio description when you're touring many different national parks across the country. Hello, Brett.
4: Hello. Thank you for having me on the show.
5: Great. And tell us more about this great uh, feature that uh, we'll get to enjoy as we travel through many of the national parks across the United States.
4: Sure. Well, about five years ago, um, the National Park Service came to me. I'm a an associate professor at the University of Hawaii with a specialty in technical communication and researching uh, mobile technologies and mobile media and the park service came to me with a request to help uh, improve the accessibility of media at national parks nationwide starting with their uh, brochure which is uh, the most common uh, most pervasive piece of media in in the park service every Just about every park has a brochure, and uh, just about everybody that comes to the parks wants to use the brochure to get an orientation to the site and a sense of some of the highlights and things like that. uh, But if if you can imagine a brochure as a uh, two-sided piece of paper with no sound or no tactile sensations, it's pretty much uh, unusable by anybody with... Uh, vision impairment or anybody who's blind and uh, the park service wanted to change that so they asked me what I could do and um, one of the first things we started looking for was uh, are there third-party solutions out there that could um, we could work in and create audio description and and put that into those third-party solutions and you know build out the accessibility that way We found there really wasn't anything uh, that could do that, so we built our own web tool, we uh, built our own mobile apps, we made them all free to use, free um, for people to download, and um, started out trying to audio describe the world, beginning with uh, the U.S. National Parks.
5: Excellent, so how would this work? Would you get Um, real-time audio description as you're walking through the park through the app or how would this how would uh, somebody go about getting the audio description as they tour
4: okay so the um, end product for the for your listeners would be um, a free mobile app that if you have an android phone or an apple uh, smartphone you can go to your uh, store your um, app store and type in the name of the project, which is uni description, U-N-I description, and into the search box, and it'll pull up the free app, and you download that app. Um, it creates a list of parks for you to explore, and you can pick whichever park you want, the park near nearest you, or, or um, one you just maybe want to visit, or one you want to learn more about. And you can start listening to the description of the brochure. So the brochure is... Uh, not place-based in the sense that it's set up for you to get an overview of the site without necessarily being related to uh, being physically present. But we're also working on um, related projects that are um, connected to the place.
5: Wonderful. So if anybody has any questions or information uh, seeking information about uh, these parks uh, where can they reach out to
4: well our main website is um, unidescription.org so it's the same uh, construction uni description and we call it uh, affectionately the unity project because we're trying to bring unity to the uh, field of audio description uh, both with the scholarship And also the practical um, relationship with you know the public. Like we're really um, focused on helping people learn more about audio description, uh, training people in audio description, and then creating new and uh, better audio description. So on that website, uh, www.unidescription.org, there's a, a lot of information about our project about the research. Um, There's training on there for people who want to make their own uh, places more accessible, their own media more accessible. And then there's a free web tool on there where you can actually create the um, audio description, export it in a variety of formats and share it with as many people as you like without any cost.
5: Great. I'm going to open this up to the rest of our panel and see if, any of them might have any questions uh, about this project and see if they have any um, other insight that uh, I might not have covered here with it.
2: Sure. Um, I was wondering, uh, it's just a minor question, but say somebody was traveling and found a park, um, I- does it require an internet connection? Like, does it have to get the description for that park on the internet, or is it built into the app? I was just thinking in case where somebody's traveling and the cell coverage isn't very good.
4: Yes, that's a great question, and there's a lot, there are a lot of parks that don't have uh, good service throughout the park. Um, so when you download the app, uh, if you open a, any park file, Uh, one time with with a connection, and that can be a cell connection or Wi-Fi connection, it will uh, download the content onto your phone of that park. And then uh, from there, you don't have to have a connection again. So um, if you have the connection once, open the park site, like say you're at Yellowstone or something, uh, you have the connection, you open the Yellowstone project. So all the um, content from Yellowstone... Uh, downloads onto your phone. Then from there on out, you can you can uh, explore the park and listen to the audio description without a connection.
3: Great. Are they going to um, Are they going to work on a way? I was thinking. I, I'm about three hours from Yosemite, so I'm fairly near to uh, to a good park. It would be neat if while I was wandering around that park, kind of the same similar thing as you wander around Disneyland with that, that, that little unit that, that they have there where it would describe to you what you're coming close to. So if you're in a forest or, you know, at the edge of a forest, it might describe that forest, or if you're next to a river, it might describe that river.
4: Yeah, that's definitely a part of our tool and we can, we can support that kind of an experience. We allow the description to be, Geotagged with GPS coordinates, and if you're outside and your phone can find the GPS satellites, it will actually and and, this, and the coordinates have been attached to the description. It will vibrate your phone and put that description on your on your uh, phone where you're at. So it can do that. Now the question is, has that been built out at Yosemite? Yosemite has what been one of our um, primary uh, collaborators and uh, has been r- really uh, deeply investigating audio description. They have an excellent, excellent uh, brochure that they've created. And in fact, we, um, as part of as part of our research, we chartered a bus and brought a group of about thirty uh, members of ACB from the Fresno area to Yosemite to test out. The um, Unity audio description there. Oh, so cool! It's been, yeah, it's been uh, deeply tested, and um, everybody seemed to love it. Uh, so, you know, I would encourage you to go to Yosemite, or or just download the app, you know, and listen to Yosemite now before you go, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get a it helps to get an orientation to the park and and um, all the Different accessibility features they have there, including tactile map and things like
3: I remember that. going there years ago with my family and and you'd take the tram and, and I 'm sitting on the tram while they're all you know looking over a cliff or something like that, looking right. at the wilderness, saying, okay well let's hope we move to the next place then because i 'm totally yeah. bored
4: Yeah, well, this is a big problem with um, inaccessible media and inaccessible parks when you' not not accessible physically but inaccessible intellectually and if you don't have the audio description to be a part of the group and a part of the experience then you feel naturally disenfranchised and isolated
3: yeah exactly you can't comment on anything you know you can't say oh wow you know it's not that they're going to tell you that a bear just happened to pass by you you know 300 feet below you but but at least if you're being descri- if the fauna and the you know the area is being described, you can say, "Oh, I didn't know that."
4: Well, and also um, by using this kind of brochure, audio brochure, you can be involved in the discussion before you go and say, "Oh, well, I um, I heard on the Unity uh, app that they have a tactile map in the visitor center, and will just make sure to get to that." Or you know, there's oh, things. Yeah. Where- True. So you can help to set the agenda instead of um, being just brought along and and stuck in situations that really aren't that interesting to you. Yeah, that's great.
3: I'll they try that out. I may may get back to Yosemite then.
4: (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. They would love to have you. Let me know if you're going to go, and this goes for your listeners too. If you're planning to go to a park and you're using Unity, um, send me an email, and it's on the website. Uh, and I can help um, connect you with the park rangers there and they can sh- make sure to uh, 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 tell you about all the different accessible features of the park.
5: Cool. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Any other questions from the panel?
6: I don't have any questions. I just wanted to say, you know, uh, it's been great to partner with you guys and, actually make this project happen. So uh, good work on uh, getting that done. And uh, we really uh, appreciate, uh, you know, this being brought to parks uh, around the country.
4: Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. And we have completed uh, audio description for uh, 55 parks so far that are in the app. We have 30 more in process. And uh, we're hoping by the end of the year to have over a hundred throughout the country. And one of the great things we found in this experience has been, you know, say somebody is near Yosemite and uh, uses this tool for Yosemite and really enjoys Yosemite, (laughs) then they they also might say, "Well, there's other parks nearby. I might try those too." And they can, right in the same app, they can listen to the other parks and find out what they have and find out what they're all about. And then that could lead to, to more, um, uh, you know, adventures in, in our, in our, in our vast public resources that we have for, for the country, you know, to go out and enjoy these places and to feel like everybody is a part of it. It's not just for certain uh, people. It's for everybody. You know, does the, national- the
3: app? Does the app figure out where you are and say, okay, in my case, not only is Yosemite nearby, but you might think of this park and this other park?
4: Uh, it has a searchable um, feature, a toggle. So if you open the app and, um, you, number one, you can type in uh, a, a name like or, or a state, you can type that into the search bar. Number two, you can toggle to by state. So if you're in California, for example, uh, your very first choice is do you want to look at what we have here in the app or do you want to listen to what we have in the app by name or by state? And you choose by state and then uh, it comes up, say, all the parks in Alaska come up first and then Arkansas and then California. And so you can um, start to plan it out that way. Like, say, you're going on a vacation to um, Pennsylvania, do they have any Pennsylvania parks or or whatever it is you're, you're interested in. And then the question of, will it, uh, trigger it? It it will, if it's set up to, um, to a certain GPS coordinate and you're within that vicinity. So I would say that, you know, it kind of depends on how close you are to the park. And then if that particular park has, set that feature up
5: okay
4: all right great
5: excellent stuff well thank you brett for being on with us and talking about this uh, new great app and service that i think many blind and visually impaired folks will definitely enjoy when they go touring through the many great uh, national parks across the across the united states
4: yeah, well, thank you again for um, inviting me onto the show and uh, thank you to the American Council of the Blind and Google and the National Park Service for making this, this project uh, not only happen, but to expand it out and to keep building it. And our, our hope is to, um, you know, start with the brochures of every park in the, in the country and there's about 400. And then uh, build out into the exhibits and the wayside signs and really make make it so people who are blind or visually impaired can go to any park in the country, have, have complete uh, autonomy and independence to explore the park, and feel involved in all of the public discourse that happens there.
6: That's great. Thanks, Brett, so much. Okay, well, thank you again. Yep. So, Jason, a few of us went to CSUN.
2: I know, and I didn't get to go.
6: (laughs) Yeah, there was Michael and me and a giant, that being Aaliyah.
2: You know, you're never
0: going to let me, like, you're never going to stop talking about that, are you?
6: (laughs) No. She she was much taller than I expected. She's Ah. a giant. She's very tall.
2: Well, see, Aaliyah, it's okay, because Jeff thinks I'm small. (laughs)
6: <laughs> oh, you're he just cute, I was Jason. Be small too. <laughs> you're just cute, Jason. You're oh fine. boy.
0: I made up for my giantness with my tiny dog. That's, that's yes.
6: She uh, has a she's very cute tiny dog. So, hey, I thought we would talk about our, you know, perceptions of CSUN and, uh, you know, what we learned and and uh, all of that. So, I'd like to hand it over to uh, Aaliyah first to sort of give her impressions and then we'll hand her over to Mike and then I'll uh, kind of wrap up and then we'll take questions. What do you guys think of that?
2: Sounds good to me.
6: All right.
0: Why do you got to put me on the spot, Jeff? <laughs>
6: because ladies go first. Uh,
0: yeah, this lady it, it, went for the first time to see <laughs> Um, I, uh, I went both for our um, company, our accessibility, and for a networking opportunity for me as a... Um, computer information systems student uh, to really hopefully meet people in the industry and start to kind of make connections there. And so for me, CSUN was just like, it was a lot to take in. And I think I learned a lot, you know, about how uh, mainstream companies are really bringing accessibility to the forefront and putting a lot of attention on it and really making accessibility count in their products and making it something that isn't just a requirement on paper, but is more of a value in the company. And I think that's, that's really important. It's one of the big takeaways that I had. I um, saw a lot of use of AI to build different experiences, a lot of use of... Um, we, we got to play with Microsoft Soundscape to do a scavenger hunt, which was a really neat use of location based services to kind of help you to navigate a new area um, by using multiple audio beacons in in that area to to kind of walk you around. And so there was a lot of, a lot of stuff. And I didn't, I mean, I got to walk through the entire exhibit hall, but there's no way that I could have visited every table and gone to all the sessions that I wanted to go to and meet all the people. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know that my, my giant self, I just can't fit through the door very well.
6: (laughs) (laughs) So what, what did you find interesting in the exhibit hall? Was there anything that really stood out for you, Aaliyah?
0: I think for me, (sighs) There was a lot of. I feel like this is the kind of the year of stabilization. So there's not a lot of new products. Not a lot of. Not a lot of things that really jumped out at me this year. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to be getting a Polaris, a Braille Polaris, very soon. Oh. Um, I did get to put my hands on that again, which I had seen it uh, in the past several times, and and really kind of enjoyed looking at it and and learning about it, but. Overall, really, um, the big interesting thing for me was actually something that was announced at South by Southwest, which was Ira's partnership with Bose to start to bring um, AR features to Ira through the use of the Bose frames. And even that, there wasn't a lot of talk about it at at the show. There was some, and they had Bose frames, but I think this is very much uncharted territory for them i think you know they do have plans but we don't know them as much yet and so you know it was it was a good year i think to go as a first timer because it wasn't so overwhelming with new products and new everything Um, but it also was plenty of new stuff and sessions to get my hands on too
6: now you like the cube rail
0: right I did. I really like the cube Braille. I think that is like the ultimate in coding Braille displays. I think hmm. when I get my nice shiny job that pays me nice shiny money, I will be getting one or its successor.
6: All right. So did you have anything else, uh, Aaliyah? I don't think so. Okay. Jeff is,
0: you know, Jeff is a giant too.
6: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Michael, you're up.
1: So... This is my third time at CSUN, and it's vastly different compared to previous years, where we've seen it in San Diego. This year, it was in Anaheim at the uh, Anaheim uh, Marriott, correct?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we get to CSUN, what did you think of the hotel here, Michael?
1: You know, I, I like the hotel in in San Diego. It's majestic. It's off the water. It looks really nice. You know, top form, and this is nice too. But it it's I just like I like it being on the water. That was really cool for me because I like water. But I find that this hotel was less confusing. It was easier yes. to get around, and everything was on one floor. Uh, the room wet rates there were just as expensive in both places, so I don't think there was a much of a difference there. No. And just like the last two years, I didn't stay at the hotel. But I did find that I could find everything easily. Uh, I think by the second year in San Diego, I was able to find things, but that's because it was two years. and. Uh, but it took 30 minutes to figure out where everything was in this hotel, where it took a lot longer in San Diego. So as far as being accessible, I feel like this hotel is very well designed, it's they catered really well to you know the audience, and I kind of like that uh, open CSUN, uh area that you know housed the like it had a screen, uh, and then you could walk to your different uh, halls and go into the right sessions. It was really you know it's like the common area where everybody gathered, and that's where that first reception was. Yeah, and, and it was and, very loud. Yeah, it was very loud. It was very open, very loud, but. It was kind of neat to know that that was kind of the central hub for Seasun and it was just nice that it was one place and then you could just navigate to where you had to go but I really thought the hotel was pretty nice and then you could walk next door to the to the Hilton right that was a, a Hilton yeah. Yeah,
6: yes yeah it was. across the way yeah
1: and mm-hmm. uh, you know people would stay there and it was just it's very close and I, I like the whole area down there it's really neat.
6: All right, Michael, so what did you see at CSUN?
1: So, for me, my highlights were kind of, uh, I, I went to mainly mainstream companies, Microsoft, Google, Amazon. I hung around their tables and places in the exhibit hall and sessions. And I, I really enjoyed, because uh, I'm a gamer, The I got to play with the Microsoft... Uh, uh, Xbox. Xbox accessibility controller, and that was really awesome. Got to play with that, and the lightning talks, I believe they're called, uh, were really interesting to me because they were, you know, geared towards all kinds of audiences. So there was some developer stuff that I found really interesting, and it was just all in the exhibit hall. And uh, you know, Microsoft employees were there. The soundscapes team, we got to meet them. And it was just a very personable experience throughout the exhibit hall. But I think, I honestly think that Microsoft kind of stole the show for me as far as being the most personable booth uh, at the exhibit hall. So I want to give them props for that. There's just the teams and everybody there was just amazing. And, you know, I went to Google, talked to their folks, and, um, tried to give some feedback on some things uh, for Chrome and different things like that. And uh, then we went to, you know, Amazon, got to see the microwave, which was really cool. Not as big as too I would like small. it to be. Yeah, Amazon's it's small.
6: small, right? I mean, now,
1: Paul,
3: you've you, uh,
6: been wanting to get one of those microwaves, right? But you,
3: you Yeah, but it's, o- it's it. only 0. .9. I, it's, like, way too small. I was and so excited when I saw low. it, but point. Point nine is not big enough, not big enough if you can't do a casserole dish in there.
6: Yeah, so, so it'd be great for like a student in a dorm, dorm room. Yeah, yeah. Um, something like that. Or not, for, or not
3: really for a family.
6: Like, yeah, or, or maybe for a, a kitchen in a, in a workplace, something like that. Maybe not even that, though, because it, it's pretty small.
1: It really is. I mean, the features on it are really neat, but I just don't see how it would be useful for... What you would do day to day, but for me, I was really excited about you know just getting to meet people, getting to network, and I did plenty of that at the conference. the soundscapes uh scavenger hunt was probably one of my favorite things I've been able to do at a conference, and I would love to do more things like that so uh,
6: so now I-, I tried that, Michael and and I don't know what I did wrong, but I found six of the flags and then uh and it was interesting because it kept finding things out of order. It was very strange. You um, knew that
1: for us. Um I know,
6: I know, and most people it did not. So
1: I'm wondering uh, if it's because you um you were going to dinner and you stopped midway through and I wonder if that had something to do with Yeah,
6: that's possible. That's possible because we went to a meeting, you know, and then and then, re- you know, continued after that meeting. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was a great conference. I, I really had a great time. Uh, I think that the, the thing that made it really fun for me was seeing people um, and being able to, you know, talk with leaders and talk with industry experts and, and get feedback as well as get feedback from uh, just people who are attending the conference. That, that's really important for me. I was sort of on a mission personally to look at Braille displays because I'm interested in potentially purchasing one. So that was sort of my main focus as I moved about the uh, exhibit hall. And it came down to two products for me, with one probably leading the way. Uh, That is the new L Braille, which is uh, an enhanced version of uh, Vespero's portable PC uh, Braille display combination you know product and the Polaris. Uh now the l was interesting. So they they added an i5 processor to it. It's got I believe 160 gig of SSD storage. I think it has eight gig of RAM. So the specs are, are definitely improved. Now the thing I did not like and Aliyah I think you you saw the Elbra so I'd be interested to see what you think. But man, it's really heavy. Um, much heavier than the other l Braille, from what I remember now. I could be mistaken on that. It, but it really felt ugh, heavy to me.
0: It's a brick. I am I, I just can't as somebody who's used to lightweight laptops, lightweight note takers, it's heavier than the braille note touch and that says a lot.
6: Yeah, and it's all in the battery, apparently. I, they probably had to put a heftier battery in there because of the i5. Uh, as far as the storage on the L Braille, I'm not too concerned about that, especially if you were to use you know, cloud services or something like OneDrive where your files are not physically stored on the device and you can get them on demand. So I think that I'm not as concerned about that. So now the Polaris, I think for me, is the right choice in that it supports a number of different file formats such as Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and more. And they have accessible viewers. Natively. N- natively. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so nice. yeah, so I'm excited about that. Other than that, I didn't really see a lot of change like Aliyah had mentioned. I really didn't see that. The only other thing that I knew about, but finally had an opportunity to get my hands on them were was the Lighthouse Uh, out of San Francisco you know they do this map project I think we've even maybe talked about it on main menu at some point so you walk up to this you know booth and you you give them an address and then they will instantly print out a map for you of the surrounding area you know within that address you know in the neighborhood and they had two different ones you could get a, a map that was sort of at a zoomed out level where basically just showed streets and then you could zoom in and you could get actual businesses and it would show you what business was where along a street so it was very very neat and uh i i got two of them and you can get them now you can go to their website and you know buy them or i think they're for sale and you can even get more detailed maps that way too so from what i understand so was that was really really interesting did any, did any of you have questions about CSUN?
2: Well, I was wondering if anyone got to check out... Um, I know the Braille Note Touch has been updated. I wondered if anyone had any impressions about that. I have never I seen not. a Braille Note Touch. Okay.
0: All Aaliyah? I really know is that they kind of traded out the innards for newer ones that are capable of running Android Oreo. The okay. form factor of the machine is still the same, Um kind of Braille display attached to tablet with optional Braille keyboard stuck over the top. Okay. Um, A little on the heavy side, not nearly as much as the L Braille. It concerns me, and the reason that I'm getting a Polaris soon is that the touch was not working at all for my educational needs. Oh, dear. um, It did not open um, PDFs, PowerPoints, Excel files, none of that natively. And... Even if I could get a PowerPoint open, I could only see the first five slides before it would stop. And so, I really hope they are working on some of these things. And yeah, they they recommended an app from the Play Store. Um, once you start putting apps from the Play Store on it, though, it's been my experience that it really slows down. Um, so I'm hoping this update to Oreo has done something for all of
2: that and solved that problem.
6: Anyone else have questions on CSUN? All right. I think we have one more topic, right, Jason?
2: We do. We want to talk about the recent Apple keynote.
6: Yeah. Well, I think, I think we should take a little step back and talk about product releases. Michael, do you want to talk about those? And then we'll jump into the event. Maybe Paul can kick us off and we go there.
1: Sure. So... Last week, Apple quietly, very quietly, like before people woke up, mm. released several new products. The iPad Air, which is a reboot of the uh, iPad Air line with Apple key, uh, the smart keyboard case and Apple Pencil first-gen support which is pretty exciting to me as an iPad owner. I mean, I love my iPad Pro, but if they didn't have that, if I didn't have that, that would be a good alternative as a low-vision user. They also came out with an iPad Mini, uh, uh, is that 6th gen? 5th, be? I believe. 5th. Fifth. 5th fifth. Fifth oh, fifth gen. 5th, fifth, yeah. Yes.
0: yeah, Mini 5.
1: I get yeah. confused between that and the iPod Touch, which both <laughs> products haven't been... Updated right. in quite some time. And
0: the iPod Touch didn't see anything.
1: Yeah, we, we were expecting no. an iPod Touch update, but we did not see that. But this iPad mini also has Apple Pencil support, which is really exciting. So uh, more devices that get that support. So, But I guess it's
3: first-generation Apple uh, Pencil support, not second-generation Pencil support.
1: Correct. Because if they had second-gen Pencil support, they would have to have a wireless charging con- uh, yeah. thing on the side. And... They're very nice devices to look at, and I, I do want to go to the Apple Store and take a look at them. I still haven't seen them yet, but they're nice iPads. Apple came out with a new iMac that boasts two times the uh, power of the previous, I believe. And if yeah, you no, have
0: 5,000, well, that's for yeah. the iMac Pro, but um, but there, there, there are some upgrade Options announced too for yeah the five
6: thousand dollars for two hundred and fifty six giga RAM is that right
0: Yeah, in the iMac Pros, not the,
6: the yeah the, I know, but but think about that guys five thousand dollars RAM. for RAM. That's, what? Yeah.
5: That's crazy. <laughs> that's a little
6: crazy. That that's yeah. just amazing.
2: Oh, I yeah. could use that up in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> you go <But> right ahead.
1: <laughs> they they've done some great improvements on that line and it just proves that you know they're still working on the Mac line. So people that think otherwise are being proven wrong by this and it's very exciting that they're still improving the specs and hardware on those devices. And then
4: Apple
6: Michael, released Michael Go ahead. I have one of them right here. Look, listen, listen. This is the sound of one more thing. You hear that.
1: <laughs> and Michael is not jealous at all. <laughs> you know, on, on, other podcasts, on other podcasts, I always tell people there's one thing that changed my life for the better when they came out. And that is the Apple AirPods. And yeah, they have absolutely. come out uh, with the second gen of the AirPods I with wireless now, charging. Now, and, right
0: now.
6: Yeah. Um, okay, so we should hand this over to Paul because
3: Paul can talk about. Paul, Paul has had them in his ears.
6: I have. And, I, and, I, and,
3: I walked into the store yesterday and, and because I the, the guy, I called a guy Monday at the Apple store, and he said, oh, oh no, we're not going to have them in the store. And I thought, well, that's weird because everybody else seems to think they are, and they said they were on Twitter, so I went and got them. I didn't buy the the ones with the wireless charging case because I don't have a, wireless, a Qi charger that I can charge them on. And, and if I ever decide I really want to do that someday, uh, I can always go and buy the case, because I, I'm, from what I'm hearing, the new iPhones that co- will come out next year, you'll be able to charge things from the back of the phone like you can with some of the Samsung phones. But um, I will say this, guys, I found the first thing I did is I took them out and put them in my ears. They do come up faster, so they do connect faster. And what I wanted to know is, OK, what if I go in and I text? Because I don't know if you guys have tried to text with, with the first generation iPods, but it's really a pain, or AirPods. It's AirPods, really a pain. Yeah. It's really a pain to do that. So I put them in my ears and, and I went into text, and sure enough, um, it, was, it was just as fast as if I didn't have anything in my ears. And then wow. I went out to the main screen and I flicked around like I would on the main screen. Just couldn't go from item to item, and it was just as fast as if I didn't have them in my ears.
2: Wow! wow.
3: So that's what see overcoming. that's what I was. It's the latency is what I'd heard about, and that's what I was excited to see. So, Paul, have you tried any games like Fear or any of the other you know o- no, audio I have based not, games? But I suspect that okay. that it will be the you know that it will be the same. I've I'm used things like that. Twitterific. I noticed Twitterific. I can flick from tweet to tweet just as fast is without them. Wow. And, there was always like, and it was like a very millisecond delay. You know what I'm saying? Very mm-hmm. small delay. Mm-hmm. But it was still annoying. And but you, it appears the delay yeah. is gone.
5: Yeah.
0: Have you heard the mics on them yet?
3: I did try the Hey Siri, and that worked just fine. Now,
6: I, I just saw a tweet from David Woodbridge, and he said it's taking about seven seconds for it to respond. Are you experiencing that?
3: No. Yowch. Okay. No, I don't know okay. what's going on there. Seven seconds? Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, for, I just, for it, it to connect? Seven, no, 42,
6: so. well, when you say, you know, H-lady.
3: No, uh, no. Mm-mm.
6: Okay. That's yeah, a, I, I found that say, interesting. I, was I like, would wow, say about
3: what, maybe two.
1: If that's happening, I would unpair them and repair them to the phone. Yeah, lock. I mean,
3: I think it'll be interesting to see how, now that Jeff has his, you know, he'll probably do a little bit more kind of, he the first thing he asked me is, did you did you try it with your, with your ear pods in? texting and then and then put your airpods in and, te- and do the same kind of texting was it any faster and i said no i just wanted to see could i text conveniently sure. with these things in my ears
5: yeah yeah see okay. and i guess my ears are weird or something like that because those airpods and the typical earbuds that come with the iphones and all that they just don't stay in my ears they keep falling out uh, well
6: you, you have Vulcan ears, Larry, and so that you know. I, I saw
5: something
3: on YouTube today. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it again because I wanted to tell my wife about it uh, because I bought some of these little things that you can – the guy called them cozies. I don't know what, you, what else you'd call them, but they're little rubbery things you can put over the AirPods that kind of help keep them in your ears better. And I bought a pair, but the problem is you would have to take them off every time you finish because you when you put your AirPods back in the case. Yeah, they won't fit in the case. And yeah. he said he had a he had a set that he'd gotten. They were he got you got four in a set, and he found or four pairs, and he said you could get them in the case. You could keep them on and still get the clothes huh. on top of the case. I don't I see how that's possible. Those. Maybe they don't have those little ear if, yeah. uh, wings on them or something. Maybe that's the difference.
0: They've Maybe. probably just silicone sleeves.
3: And people are saying they sound better. Uh, you know, I think they sound a little... They, then one podcast I was listening... Or one uh, YouTube thing I was listening to today said they're actually louder than the first generation if you crank them all the way up. I don't know why anybody would do that, but there you go. So, and if Who they really got a longer it, yeah. battery life, that would be... Or if you're on a
0: be, bus. Yeah, yeah,
3: if you're on a bus. Those were the announcements from a
6: hardware perspective. Uh, and then we, of course, we got uh iOS twelve point two and watch os two uh watch os twelve point two uh this week.
3: TVOS,
6: Yeah TVOS and Mac OS all the uh, OS. everything got yeah. updated. With yep.
3: ECG supposedly for Europe. Yep. So the europeans update my watch then we'll be happy for that.
6: Uh this brings us to our final thing which is the keynote that took place on Monday. Paul oh, do you want to
3: can... kick us off on
6: that? Oh Uh, good.
1: Real quick, can I can I add something in here about the iOS twelve point two that I feel is pretty significant?
6: Is the besides the fifty-five security updates or whatever it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The enhanced message quality or audio message quality in iMessage. Absolutely. Is amazing. It's about time. I think it sounds better than WhatsApp and a few others, personally. Yeah, the, yes. the
0: codec they're using is much better.
2: I wish I knew f- what it was.
0: It's huh. Honestly, it just sounds like whatever they're using for voice memos, because it's, it's that clear. I'm
2: really happy that they finally done this, because I've been wondering why it just hasn't been that great. You know, when I knew the technology is probably there, so...
3: And the naysayers were saying, "Oh, now WhatsApp's going to go away, and why would you want to send a voice memo, any a uh, voice message anyway?" Well, because you just might want to send a voice message to your significant other or your or your best friend. You know, I mean, you don't always want to text all the time. Sometimes it's easier just to send a voice message.
1: And mm-hmm. this does not help with cross-platform.
6: Paul, you want to talk to us about the? I'm not. I'm not sure. That, I mean, there was a lot in the keynote, but I'm not sure there's a lot to
3: talk well, about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say, because I, I mean, I heard all kinds of naysayers and doom, you know, Oh, this is crazy. I can't believe Apple's so stupid. I'm going to start out by saying nothing in the keynote interested me. Nothing. I, you know, it was like, Oh wow, I can't wait. You know, nothing interested me, but I think it's a good idea that Apple is doing things that will, that will increase their revenue stream. I mean, look at what we have now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, how many things am I subscribed to now? You know, uh, I'm, you know, office 365 and that's not even counting, you know, your normal Netflix, Hulu, Amazon prime, that sort of stuff. But how many other things are we all subscribed to? It's, it's all becoming a subscription model based society nowadays. And so I think yeah. it's a good thing for Apple. Am I interested in any of it? No, not necessarily. They had the, uh, they had the, the magazine thing, the Apple, the, uh, news so plus Apple news plus. Apple mm-hmm. news plus. And for a second, I, I mean, I did think to myself for a second, wow, now I can have, I can look at 300 different magazines that I really wouldn't have had access to before. But then I well, thought, well, do I care? No.
6: Yeah. But let's talk about that because we've had some, I mean, I mean, I personally have had issues with it. Um, I mean, on the phone, so I signed up for the trial for that the other day and I, and I found it difficult to read and get back to say the table of contents within the magazine itself. It, the, the interface to me felt unpolished. Um, you know, and perhaps that's because of the different formats of the magazines. Michael, I don't know if you can speak to that from a visual standpoint.
1: I can, uh, I kind of want to first though, Aliyah and Jason on the IACast network did a demo, of this uh, on iPhone and Mac non-visually. So, Alia, what did you guys find on the iCast demo that you recorded uh, about this? That you know, how, what were your findings?
0: So, we found that first of all, when you go to the Apple News Plus tab to subscribe, don't flick uh, because the pop-up that comes up is not actually in the flick order. You're going to have to touch in the middle of your screen and find the text about it, and then you can flick, but you cannot flick from the top. Um, so you're going to have to find that and um, activate the subscription button, which is weirdly labeled. Um, as you'll see when the when the show comes out, is there's some funky labels going on. Um, it feels very very bolted on very much apple took some base system that maybe wasn't accessible and tried to make it so and didn't exactly do a grand job of it um that it's okay and it's usable and you know i saw a lot of doom and gloom and this is not going to be accessible this is no i i think it's it's usable is it great no Could it be better? Yes, but it is usable. And depending on the magazine you click on, yeah, you're gonna have some navigation problems. But let me tell you that navigating the system on the Mac is one of the worst experiences I have ever had. It's bad. There are really bad labels, um, if there are labels at all on some images and elements, um, unlabeled scroll areas, Uh, lots of interacting and stopping interacting and more than even you would expect to be on mac os very very rough of course ever since apple started bringing some of these ios apps to the mac i have experienced some major issues with the way you interact with them because it's not the way that mac voiceover works it's essentially when you open these apps you're kind of using this Mac iOS voiceover hybrid. For example you need to double tap or VO space on search fields to edit them and this does not normally happen on the Mac and this is also in the Apple News app so just if you're you're interested in checking this out on the Mac be very patient with it because while it's doable it's kind of ugly.
1: And as a low vision perspective for me the magazines have never been something i've been interested in because i couldn't see them you know in actual print and i looked at uh, a service called texture which was what apple bought to uh, produce this and i thought it was a great service except for everything was image-based so i couldn't use voiceover i couldn't use a lot of the low vision tools that i could use now And you'll find that when you go and you look at different magazines on uh, Apple News Plus, there's two types of format. There's standard PDF, which all appear to be accessible, by the way, folks. They have made their, uh, their text be accessible through some shape or form. Sometimes... I'm not exactly sure how they have it reading because it doesn't actually show voiceover focus on the article, but it still reads it. And some are in um, the Apple News format, the format that they use online that you can actually opt into on your website to have your RSS feed be produced to Apple News. So uh, your mileage is going to vary, but for me, I can zoom in on these images. I can get the same, uh, I can get the same use of a magazine that a person with uh, full sight would get, uh, because I could see the images by zooming in. So for me, this uh, subscription is another very useful thing because there's a lot of magazines that I would like to be able to read, but I couldn't see the pictures or you know read the captions easily. So I'm very thrilled with this, and I was very thrilled with everything announced (laughs) it because I am a gamer and I love TV. I will be subscribing to all of this.
3: Oh, I could. Yeah. If you're a gamer, you're going to want to subscribe to that Apple arcade. You know, I think so with a hundred games, I mean, and more coming, I think that would be, that would be awesome. It'd be neat. If we could get some games in there for the visually impaired. Great transition there, Paul. (laughs) So,
6: right. So they talked about the game service, right. And, uh, now, a lot of this stuff is coming out in the fall. Yeah. I think the only thing that's coming you know sooner are two things which are the changes to the Apple TV app and the new channels feature where you can sc- subscribe to things like HBO and Showtime and uh, other related channels. And uh and then this new credit card, this Apple card thing that's coming out. Yeah. Later later this year where It will not have the card number physically on the card. Uh, It will not have a CCV code on the back. It's titanium, I guess. The card you'll get a physical card, but everything is pretty much done in well, or you could basically do everything on the phone. The cool thing is is uh, they they have uh, daily um, cashback cashback reward uh, percentages based on the type of purchases that you make. So if you buy things at the Apple store or Apple products, I think it's 3% 3 for that. Yeah, 2% for everything else that's done on the phone. And then 1% for things like gas. And, you know, if you actually use the physical card, so that's kind of cool. And they don't charge a late fee. If you're late on a bill, they just, they just increase the rate of the interest uh, that's collected, which is kind of interesting.
3: Mm. So also, that, what mean, also is kind of cool is that I mean, I was thinking of my wife because she likes to gather. She's cited. and She likes to get all the receipts and get all the medical together, right? All the yeah, yeah. entertainment, all the and grocery. they're going to do all that for you. They're going to do it by map. And so I yeah. thought, you walk into your you walk into your healthcare provider and you pay your you know your twenty dollar copay or whatever it is. It's going to show up. Oh, you went and you went into your doctor's office. Okay, and you don't have to. Ca- it'll already be categorized
4: for you. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's
6: pretty neat. cool. So I think I'm gonna get that card just to have it and see what it you know, may not use it much, but it's that that's kind of interesting. So that leaves us one one more thing yet again, right? Which is this new what do they call it? T V Plus yeah, yeah. product, mm-hmm. which is basically all of Apple's new content that's being uh, created. And uh, they they brought out lots of actors and Big Bird and Oprah showed up. By the way, anyone notice that? You know, Big Bird retired, right? The the person who played Big Bird, and now the voice is totally, totally different. I mean, it's wow,
0: wrong. It's really <laughs> wrong.
6: Yeah, it's very, very wrong. So they showed, you know, the actors that played in a lot of the different series that are going to be coming out. You know, some good sci-fi stuff. There's a there's a show called Sea about uh, the the entire world. is now blind and centuries later basically they they wonder if people could ever see as it was described right paul i think that's how it was described yeah Yeah. there's some
3: kind of a virus or something so everybody's blind and of course you know everybody's going to watch that because jason momoa is in it and i guess he's a real hunk so all the sighted girls are going to watch that anyway because he's the guy (laughs) that played aquaman and he was on game of thrones so evidently he's really good looking
6: (laughs) And it was interesting because he 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 sort of described it kind of interestingly. It was very fascinating how he how he did that. you know he tried to get people to close their eyes in the audience and think about yeah, different yeah. senses and it was it was it was kind of neat. I liked it, so you know at least for me, it was interesting. I'm glad that Apple is expanding into services. I think that's a good thing. it enhances their portfolio and allows them to make more money in certain areas you know. Uh, but would I run out and get it, you know, all of this right away? I don't think so.
2: Well, don't forget you have the option of getting a TV that has the TV plus.
3: Oh, that's correct. That that's true. That <laughs> is I true. I brought that up
1: be- because one of the things I don't know if a lot of people caught on to it, but, you know, we have two of these in our apartment here in our small little 600 square foot apartment. Amazon TVs, and yeah. I'm I was surprised when they mentioned that. I'm and wondering, Roku. I'm wondering if that will let you be able to use the Apple TV app with the as we call her the A Lady or A L E X A. Yeah, I don't know. That would be That's very be really interesting. interesting.
3: And the other thing you have to be aware of that they didn't make any reference to, but if you can been kind of following this, this like I have, it's only going to happen in. 2019 and 2018 models. So if you've got a 2017 Smart TV like a, like I have, unless they change their mind, a Samsung or something, it's not going to happen. Oh. Right.
0: See, so, but I think that only applies to the Smart TVs. Correct. They are not the streaming boxes. So they're going to no. bring it to Fire OS, which is the Fire TV OS, which is the. So that wouldn't affect our Fire TVs, because they're only talking about, you know, bringing it to the 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 streaming, the streaming um, platforms themselves.
6: Well, in oh, fact, in fact, Apple just announced. Yeah, in fact, it's kind of interesting. You mentioned streaming boxes. Apple just announced that they're going to update the TV app, even in the third generation Apple TV, yeah. which I hasn't gotten that. an update in like, wow. years.
0: Yeah, I saw so, that today and went, what?
6: <laughs> yeah, that was wow. That was kind of fascinating. And they,
3: and they rebranded their their original Apple TV. Uh, they called it a um, uh, Apple TV HD. So yeah. they rebranded it. Now it's you yeah. have a 4K and you have an HD. Well, this has been this has been quite a show, huh, Jason?
2: Yes, I'm I'm blown away by all the info we've managed to cover. One yeah. more thing we
3: didn't mention, by the way, guys, and oh, kind really? of glossed One over more. it. Well, Apple Pay is going to work with Transit. And I mean, I don't use it, but I think that'd be really neat if you uh, can take the part and so. you can just take your, reach your watch out there and go clink ding, and you just paid for your... App. It's
0: already working in some cities, though. It's been working. This was a thing that they announced in in a previous um, keynote. They talked about this, um, being able to use essentially your watch as your metro card. Nice. Um Less about paying. F- I mean, it also works as, you know, paying for it if, if that's built into the, to the card, but essentially tapping your watch on the turnstile to get through. And this already works in a couple of cities. They're bringing it to New York and a few others. But it's, yeah. it's just expanding. I don't think it's a new thing.
3: Um, I think that'll be nicer than, as a visually impaired person, than having to deal with it with a kiosk.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, right. You know, it's very interesting here in Austin for our capital metro buses. If you go and you activate uh, on on buses that support this, you have to sure. scan a code, and it's very annoying because they have NFC in their in their readers already, which I think is kind of a prelude to this in Austin. If you get your watch or your phone too close to their reader, Ugh. it will activate I, Apple Pay.
2: Just as a curiosity yeah. note, has anyone used Apple Pay to pay a friend or you know another individual? Yes. yes. Oh, yes.
5: I've done it
1: frequently.
2: Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah.
6: I have. And, and, but... and, it, and it works on uh, even vending machines.
5: Oh. Wow. Oh, yeah. It works well on vending machines. I've used it on point of sale machines. And um, I use it a lot with uh, Instacart for when I get groceries delivered. Yes. Yes. Now,
3: Al- now, Apple just recently, we got a, Bonnie and I both got an email where they stopped. You used to be able to pay uh, your friends using a credit card. And they've right. stopped that now. They put an end to that. I think that's yep. because they're getting ready to do it with their own credit
0: card. Exactly. You will still be able to pay with a debit card.
3: Right. right.
0: Just not. So your not Visa. A credit card. Your yeah. Visa bank cards will still work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. but not, not credit cards. And, yeah. you know, I was going to say, it's so nice. Like, it feels so futuristic to walk through the line at Walgreens, enter my rewards number on the keypad, and then when they're ready, just flip my wrist over and tap the reader with my watch. It is just so, <laughs> it's just cool. It's, it's
1: so magical. Nice. And it's very neat where I work at the Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center in Austin. I regularly train our students uh, to use Apple Pay, and they're like, wow, that is so cool. So it's kind of neat to see that realization right. that my that their phone can do these things. So.
0: And doesn't your vending machine have Apple Pay on it?
1: Yes, it does, which is a a, a, a <laughs> reason trip. for the purchase of sodas. That's, that's
6: that's really kind of a bad <laughs> thing. Well, Aaliyah and Michael, this has been great, and we'll we'll have to do it again next year. The sea and all that.
2: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. This has been. Uh, very fun discussion and lots of things discussed. So uh, I appreciate you all being here. And
3: Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having us.
2: Main Menu is a program brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream, repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen by going to acbradio.org mainstream, use ACB Link for Android and iOS, grab it as a podcast, or call 712-775-4808. If you have comments, suggestions, or a submission of your own you'd like us to consider, please email us, mainmenu at acbradio.org, or reach out to us on Twitter at mainmenu. Thank you for listening.